right, welcome to the TPM Behind the Mic series, our offering to our listeners of who we are, a little informal interview between the TPM guys so that you can kind of know who you're listening to, so that you can uh, know what our backgrounds are and what our interests are and feel like you know us a little bit better um, as we bring you just discussions about about theology as normal guys. So I'm here with normal guy, Zach Doman. And uh, uh, I've known Zach for quite a while now, and uh, I'm excited for you guys to get to know him a little bit better. So I'm going to start, Zach, by asking you uh, where you grew up. Hello, everybody. My name is Zach Doman. Uh, Andre, thanks for having me. Uh, I grew up in a town called Rogers, Minnesota. Um, If you want to know what Rogers was like, uh, think of any suburban town ever. And then you've got it. That that's that's what it is. Uh, no, Rogers is a great place to grow up. I loved, I love being there. Um, I I only have fond memories of that town. Um, I am the youngest of four siblings. Um, and, and I like to say that I am the the forgotten sibling. Um, I'm the forgotten child. Uh, I I think that's a really funny joke. My parents don't think it's nearly as funny. Um, but you know, I've lived my whole life being called the wrong name. Occasionally, getting called the cat's name before my own. So oh, I feel like no. <laughs> I have not heard of that one. That's oh man, too bad. no, it's great. When you know it's real bad when mom or dad gets so flustered and they just start ripping through the names like yeah. Nick, no, Britt, Emily, ah, Dumbledore, uh, Zach. One of these times, yeah. <laughs> just eventually, it gets to you, but uh no that's great so that's kind of that's kind of what life was like for me growing up there nice um and then what kind of is like your story would you say in terms of coming to faith in jesus how did that happen for you Uh, so it's it's tough to say you know i think like most people um i grew up uh, my family is is catholic i grew up going to catholic church um and we went every week and i did the whole youth group thing and growing up, you could have asked me any question um, about the Bible, about, um, you know, as it pertained to Catholicism, you know, about the saints, about the prayers. And man, I could have rattled off the right answer. Uh, I definitely could have sounded like I knew what I was talking about. Um, but that was in Sunday school and that was in youth group and, and my faith ended there uh, and it didn't come anywhere else with me. And my life didn't reflect that really whatsoever. Um, I think if you would have seen how I interacted with my friends um, and how I interacted with people I did activities with, it wouldn't have looked any different than what any of them were doing. Um, You know, I really didn't care about my faith outside of, you know, checking all the boxes. Um, You know, I, I, (laughs) when, you know, this is jumping the gun a little bit, but uh, when I got to college, I, I remember a couple guys coming into my dorm room. Uh, Ryan Carlson and Ryan Horning came into my dorm room. They knocked on my door and they started asking me questions. Uh, you know, the, the, for those of you who don't know, those are a couple of the crew leaders um, at the U of M. Um, a couple of the guys who shared the gospel with me for the first time, and they asked me a question. They said, um, "How does someone get to heaven?" or something like that. And my answer: This was how. I grew up going to church every Sunday and this is how much I just didn't care. This is how much I just didn't pay attention because it was right in front of me. I had plenty of opportunities to get the right answer as I was growing up. But 
you know, when when they asked that question, I was like, uh, I don't know. I guess if you believe in God, you get to go to heaven. And that was someone who, from they could time they could crawl, was at church every single Sunday. Um, so, well, well, anyways, that's kind of a, a indicative of what my faith was like. But jumping back a little bit, when I was a junior in high school, um, I started dating my now wife, Ashley. And I had known Ashley since we were seventh graders, maybe. Um, so that's crazy. But um, we started dating, and Ashley was someone who, from a very young age, was absolutely on fire um, in her faith, uh, wholeheartedly pursuing after the Lord. And uh, I put on the facade of someone who was pursuing after the Lord. Uh, little did I know that the Lord was going to use um, this way out of my league girl to bring me to youth group. And it was uh, her youth group. And it was the first time where I had met people where if, if I asked them, hey, so like, what's your, like, what denomination of Christianity are you? Like, that's a really popular thing to say at, you know, multi-Christian youth groups, I guess. Uh, and they said, I don't know. I don't really necessarily have a denomination. You know, I, I love Jesus and I try to follow the Bible. Uh, and that was a revolutionary idea to me. And over those next couple of years, I think the gears really started turning for me on what did it mean to, to love Jesus? What did the gospel mean? What were the implications of the gospel? Um, and I think, uh, the, I would say the gears kind of started turning, but if I had to put a pin in it, um, I referenced a little bit as I got to college, I got involved with crew um, and where I tend to stick a pin. And when I think I was saved was at fall retreat, my freshman year um, of college, I, I believe that was when God really met me. And when God came down and grabbed me and said, this one is mine. Um, and, and when God really spoke to me and changed my heart from heart of stone to a heart of flesh, um, that's what that's when I truly believe I was I was saved that my name indeed was going to be um, in the book of eternal life and yeah that's it's been a wild ride ever since um, but yeah and for for a while I noticed that man I'm rambling now but I guess this interview is about me so I guess I can do that can I uh, yep. but for for a while and, and this took me a while to get over but right away when when i felt like i had a grasp of the gospel it's amazing what the devil will do to you i felt like i had a grasp of the gospel and my first reaction was how the heck did the catholic church screw me up so bad i had every like i was the perfect one for them and they couldn't get it right with me and i was so mad and it's it's amazing because my sin is my fault right and and, and the devil took this and said like yeah you're saved uh, look who screwed it up for you. And it was all this resentment that I held to my family and to, and to the Catholic church. And it was like, no, Zach, you sinned. <laughs> like mm -hmm. your sin is your fault. Like <laughs> that's on you. Uh, so it, you know, it took some time to, to kind of deal with that resentment that I felt internally. Um, but I, I feel like over time, you know, that's been something where I've realized, you know, like, my my sins on me i had every opportunity to hear the to hear the good word I, I heard the gospel over and over and over again as i was growing up but my heart didn't turn and, and that's you know that's on me you know i am the one who's the child of wrath uh, but 
you know, working on the resentment every day, and that's that's <laughs> that's about that. So yeah, yeah I'd say I that's about it. So my next question for you is, what what would you point to as a defining theological moment for you? Whether that's a book or some talk that you heard. Um, I'm sorry, I said theological moment. I meant book, like a theological concept, point, lesson, whatever it may be. What would that be for you? Yeah, so the, the thing that I think has really changed my life the most, um, there's... And it's a verse and a book, a Bible verse and a book that, that have gone together. Um, the I guess largely the book of Galatians ha- has been revolutionary for me on the whole. But in particular, the verse where I have planted my flag, committed to memory and said, this is the mantra I'm going to preach to myself every day is Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live now in the flesh, I live in faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. Um, and, and another fall retreat, maybe sophomore year or junior year, I can't remember. But I remember hearing a message from a guy named Rick James. Uh, and he wrote a book called A Million Ways to Die, Only One Way to Live. And the, the whole premise of the book is the path to life inevitably is a path of death so when i began to and and kind of what he means by that is you know eternally think about it eternally the path to life came through death it came through death on the cross and read galatians our path to eternal life only comes from dying with christ so eternally the path to life is a path of death and moreover as you take that and look at your sanctification day over day over day, your renewing and your being made more like Christ is a daily dying to a different piece of who you are in the flesh. Um, And when I began to frame my day-to-day life around that idea, I began to think about my sin and my flesh in a very different way. Um, And I began to read that book of Galatians in a different way because I'm not just, I'm not just changed you know, by the gospel. I'm not, oh, like, you know, I'm, I'm nicer now. Like I'm a nicer person now than I was once. Like that, I guess that's true, but I'm not just like made different. The, the Zach that existed before he was saved is dead. He doesn't exist anymore. That Zach that, that physically lived on the earth doesn't doesn't live anymore that that being died with christ on the cross and in christ's resurrection god has made me new and when i when i think about my sin struggles and i i don't just think about fighting my sin struggles but i think about putting them to death that carries such a different weight with it so as i've looked at my sanctification and becoming more christ-like i'm not just thinking Oh, man, I gotta, you know, I gotta stop being lazy. You know, I gotta start doing this and doing this. Now I'm saying I have to put my laziness to death. I have mm. to kill it, and and it has to be buried in the tomb with Christ. Except it doesn't get to resurrect; it stays there. Um, and when I framed my growing 
to life in terms of death, it's been revolutionary for me. And if I was to put a thesis statement like that would on my theology, that would be it. it it's that idea that the path to life is a path of death. And that's, it's absolutely changed my life. Yeah. Yeah. That's an awesome, that's really awesome. I don't think I, I think you explained that in a super, super good way. And it's actually pushing me to think about that a little bit more. Yeah, so I appreciate it's, that. it's all, honestly, I'm going to take no credit for it. <laughs> that <laughs> well, I, every, if you're listening to this podcast, like you have to go read that book. It's called a million ways to die by Rick James. Again, apart from the Bible, it's been the most life changing book I've ever read. Yeah. And it maybe it's just because it hit me at the right time. It probably is. Uh, but there's a lot of really, really good stuff in it. Sure. All right. So now I want to talk about your, just kind of your daily life. What do you, what do you do? Tell us first of all, what you do, what's your job and, um, how, what is your best strategy for actively walking with God on a day to day, week to week basis? Uh, so, um, I'm an engineer. Uh, I work on a production floor. We make aerospace products. Um, so yeah, pretty ordinary, pretty ordinary guy there. Um, more notably, um, as of, you know, eight months ago, I, I became a father. Um, so little baby Harper, uh, as cute as can be. Um, that is, that is definitely, you know, husband, father, engineer, uh, other other stuff. Uh, I lead worship at our church. Uh, I do this TPM stuff. It's there's there's a list. You know, um, I got a list of what I do. But Smattering those, of commitments. <laughs> right. Th- those are those are probably the most noteworthy ones. Um, and when I think about how do I actively walk with God, um, this has hit me a lot more recently. But I'm of the belief that the Word of God inherently is powerful. Um, in a very real way, in a very physical way, the Word of God has power. And in my opinion, and in my observation, and in my own personal experience, if you do nothing other than lay your eyes on the Word of God and, and just and just read it, and not even not even process it too much, not theologically gripe with it, but nothing more than just cast your eyes to it. Um, it is going to change your life. Like I truly believe that God works through his word in a very real physical and life changing way. He works through his word. So when I think about how I actively walk with God, man, for me, it's got to start with getting in the book every single day. Um, to me that that's, that is the, that is of chief importance. I do truly believe that the primary way God communicates with his people at this point in time is through his word. Uh, I know people are going to disagree with me on that, but that's, 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 uh, that's what I think on that. But, um, and, and communion with God. Um, and that's, that's the part that's gray. That's the part that looks different for everybody. You know, communion with God for me looks a heck of a lot different than it does for Andre. Um, and that's fine. Um, but, but for me, the thing that is consistent person to person to person, man, the word of God does not change because of who you are. Um, and it does not change in importance because of who you are and what your personality is. You have got to get in the book. And, and that's, that's been the, the staple of my walk with God, certainly lately. Um, and the thing that's changed me the most as of late. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's a really good tip that we would all do well to, <laughs> to heed. Yeah, I know. Not too much that's a, a, you know, a, sh- a shocker with that one. I think that's, no, but that's a pretty you know good what? One. Yeah, that's... 
that's probably the way that truth is going to be. So, well, Zach, it's a joy to do this with you. Thanks for talking and answering some questions. Yeah, thank you, Andre. Yep, and to everyone else, we hope you enjoyed this edition of Behind the Mic with TPM. Um, there's a lot more coming, so talk to you later. <laughs>